All right, this is the Paunch Stevenson Show, episode 120. Well, so... Oh, wait, but, uh, by the way, uh, we have a guest on the show. An old guest. An old guest? Adam in South Carolina ah. is with us. Can you hear me okay? How can he hear, how can he hear me? Because you're coming through the speakers. Oh, and the God, I can only imagine away. how this is going to sound. So, for, where are you? In South Carolina. Ah. <laughs> so, I think this is this is a record. This is the farthest. Could this be the farthest anyone has been from from me on the show? I don't know. Scott C. Clements was in Canada, and uh, John Old in Chicago. Ah, that's true. I think Chicago's closer. That's yeah. All right, so. You know how I don't I don't remember which episode, but we it may not even have made the air. We talked about um, you you gave some instances where you had been at a Barnes and Noble or something, and and there was a book signing going on, and I think Ron Wood was there, and you didn't even care, and you know whatever. Yeah. I I not have cared either. Um, and then we I don't know if we mentioned it, but we found some kind of a website that lists in the New York area where there's book signings from celebrities. I don't think we ever mentioned it though, but whatever. No, we did. Giving... We did. Oh, we did. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we're not giving the website out. It's our secret. So, you know, there was a few that we were going back and forth on like, Oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to see like Gene Hackman or Roger Moore or somebody else. Adam has no idea probably who these people are. Um, and then, I just, you know, there was one, uh, there's the Barnes and Noble. I went to the Barnes and Noble in Clifton, New Jersey, which is, you know, very close to where I live. And uh, normally, you know, I, I, I wouldn't really care, but he was on the radio this morning and said that everyone that came was going to get a picture with him. Oh, yeah. That he hated when these people do book signings and they don't let anyone take pictures. And you have to like sneak a picture in. So he said, everyone is taking a picture with him. <clears throat> so I said, all right, I'm going to go. I have this guarantee laid out there. I'm going to go. Who is it? All right. So with the paunch luck over to the side, though, because you never know what's going to happen. So I get there. I had to buy his book. I waited in line for two hours and 45 minutes. Finally got up there, got this, you know, the sign on the signed book and all that. Talked to him for like 10 seconds, got the picture, got it. Add that one in my celebrity, my celebrity sighting column. Louis Anderson wrote a book? No. Louis Anderson. A cookbook? Louis Anderson could not sit there and sign, sign books for two and a half hours without eating the books <laughs> and the people. <laughs> well, who was it? It was Dennis Leary. Oh, yeah? Dennis Leary. For a second, I thought you were going to say Dennis Haskins. No. Who who in their right mind would wait two hours and 45 minutes for Dennis Haskins? (laughs) Also, what kind of book would he write? I don't know. How to sing karaoke? (laughs) I have no career. Wow, so Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, got it. How did he look in person? He looked absolutely fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. You. He's getting a little older now, right? Yeah, but you. You. I don't know what you see in these people. These people look normal to me. You think they look like like zombies that they throw some makeup on, and there they are on TV. Because well, I'm used to seeing them in movies where they're, uh, you know, they they have an inch of cover up on. I know, but he's not somebody that's like, you know, remarkably handsome on in the movies anyway. Right. True. So I mean, it's like when you met Louis Black, did he look any different? Uh, he looked a little older in person. Yeah. So I'm looking on here, but his book was called uh, "Why We Suck." It's who? uh, it's Dennis Leary. Who? No, but why? Why who? Uh, I guess everyone, all Americans. Okay. And uh, it's it's written by Doctor Dennis Leary. <laughs> and Doctor <laughs> Phil. <laughs> no, Is actually, there a, I was forward by Doctor Phil. No, I was skimming it, and he did mention Doctor Phil, but he, of course, he was making fun of him. Well, that's not a... right. <laughs> you do not make fun of me. Yeah, I was, um, I was just skimming it here, and uh, yeah, he has an honorary doctorate from some college, so he's not really a doctor. Come on, really? Yeah, come on, come on. Okay, uh, and he signed it uh, to Greg. Um, Mary beeping, uh, the beeping is me beeping. He wrote something else. Uh, Christmas, Dennis Leary. Wow. So you have a picture too. Yeah. Cool. So you'll put that on the site? I guess we'll have to, yes. Cool. Ugh. So was he nice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He or was, was he all grouchy? Oh, no. It was very funny, cracking jokes, you know, all, you know, that whole thing. Um, How many people were there? I don't know. There were a lot. It's a big turnout. Yeah, I got there at 730. Uh, he started signing maybe a few minutes after that. And again, I only went there because, again, he said he was going to take a picture. And when I when I got, went into the bookstore... And I looked, I saw a line on the second floor, and the line didn't look that bad. So I'm like, oh, this this is not going to be that bad. So I buy the book. The book's only $20. Got in the line, and I'm, I'm standing in the line, and, you know, I'm sitting in line for like half an hour or whatever. We're going across. And I say, oh, I'm figuring, oh, well, I just turned, we just turned the corner and he's right there, you know, maybe another 25 minutes. Except we, what we couldn't see was hidden around the other bend was like eight or nine bookshelves and the people were snaked around each aisle. So that was like another hour right there. But, uh, so anyway, the, the, the point being, you know, we've, I've, we, you know, I've, we've looked at this website and been, you know, a lot of the times the signings are at like five o'clock, six o'clock on a weekday. There's, there's no way I'm getting there. No way you're getting there in the morning, no, the morning at night. <laughs> So there's like no way we can get there, but, and I, you know, this one was at seven thirty. It was a little bit easier to make, but I guess in the future we'll have to go to more. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I didn't know about that. I didn't even know about it. I heard him on the radio this morning talking about it, and I was like, ah, that's it. I'm gone. 
like, well, but it was Den- you know, it's Dennis Leary. I'm a big Dennis Leary fan. A lot of times on that website, it's yeah, you have people like Dennis Leary, Lewis Black, but then sometimes you have people like, like who are kind of lame, like Adam West. <laughs> well, or, Adam West, uh, Bob Barker's lame. people like that. <laughs> <Bob> Barker, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I was considering going to the one with Roger Moore. It wasn't at the Barnes and Noble. It was at some other store. But it was it was at like six o'clock. Get out of the early to get out of work is like five. There's no way I would have made it in time. Well, what did he he wrote a book too? He did. What? what why would he be at a bookstore signing something? I don't know publicity. No, come on. You know, like when they open up toy stores, they get people dressed like He Man and stuff like that. They're not going to get Roger Moore. <laughs> Why not? He's he's a, he's a sir. He's been knighted by the Queen. <laughs> Sean Connery. Yeah, yes, like Sean Connery and and Paul uh, McCartney. I was knighted by the Queen, Jammer. Now he supposedly Connery wrote this autobiography. When's what's, when is he doing signings? He just he writes this book and then never even promotes it. You have to pay him a million dollars. That's right, a million dollars to get my signature on this damn book. Damn it. Yeah, Paul, Paul McCartney's another sir. Elton uh, John. Yeah, Elton John. Yes. Everyone. I think Mick everyone's Jagger. a sir. Yeah, Mick Jagger. I don't know about Keith Richards. Yeah, the, the sir is tossed around. I think there's some Americans who are sirs, which I don't understand. It's like... Uh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg was knighted. But he's not even English. It's like being a reverend. Everyone's a reverend. <laughs> That's true. Everyone's a knight. <laughs> I know. Stupid. It's like as soon as you retire from the NFL, you become a reverend. Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. So what else? I got a long list. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if you're gonna be. Uh, if you're gonna be able to keep up. Well, I think Adam has a movie review. Should we do that first? I get. What is he gonna fall asleep? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he has school tomorrow. Oh. All right. So what movie? Uh, let's go close. It's the day the Earth stood still by oh. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> with starring Keanu Reeves, not by him. It's so. How was it? It was. It was okay. Well, what What was it about? It was about the Earth standing still. <laughs> no, that was in Superman. <laughs> it was about these aliens that come to Earth, and they they come to the Earth to save the Earth from the humans that are. If they don't change their ways, they're gonna destroy the Earth eventually. So, so the aliens just kill all the people. <laughs> no, uh, Keanu Reeves ends up meeting. They get they they like he like lands in this orb thing, and several of them are landing all across the Earth in different places. And Keanu Reeves is on one that lands in Central Park. Yeah. It's in New York, and he meet. There's like so he's all, one of the aliens. Yeah, he plays one of the aliens, 
and all the militaries gathering around him, and they're all like, "Ooh, what is this? What is this?" He get he gets off the thing, and everyone they start shooting at him, <laughs> and then they take him to a hospital, and he ends up escaping because this lady gives him. He, she was supposed to give him a sedative, and she didn't, so he ended up escaping. Is he wearing a black robe and sunglasses? <laughs> what? He's he was wearing a black suit most of the movie, though. Yeah. This this is the the plot of Starman with Jeff Bridges. Who talk Wait, with he, who? Jeff Bridges. <laughs> he he talked like this throughout Starman as well. <laughs> And uh, so, so, so he escapes the hospital. He escapes the hospital, and the doctor that was supposed to give him the sedative, she goes with him because the government starts to hunt him down because they feel that he's a threat. So now this is the plot of E.T. <laughs> or Splash. <laughs> what else? And uh, then the uh, the the doctor, she like. They take. She takes them across the United States, and they go to this. Uh, he's like a Nobel Prize winner, super genius, and he's he convinces him that only on the brink of destruction will humanity change, and that that's like right when the aliens are about to attack ev- the whole Earth and like destroy like everything. Wait, I thought the aliens were supposed to save the Earth. They are, but they're going to destroy the humans, because so, the humans are the ones destroying the Earth. Well, what do they care about the Earth? Ooh, the humans or the aliens? No, what do the aliens care whether or not humans destroy Because it's supposedly one of the major... I don't know, they have this political system in space, and it's one of the major parts of the system. It's Wait, so the American government is part of an no, intergalactic government? No, they have, the aliens have, like, they I, have it, spies. It sounds like, it sounds like how we treat Antarctica. No one really <laughs> lives there other than Esteban, and everyone kind of lays claim to it. It's like, well, we kind of own this piece of it, but you really don't, but no one cares. <laughs> it's it's sort of like that, I think. Yeah, so, the the people are like, no, this is our planet, you can't do that. And he's like, no, it's not, it's our planet, I'll do whatever it takes to save this planet, because it is one of the most important planets. And then... Wait, so they have, the aliens have spies on Earth? <laughs> yeah, disguised, disguised as humans, human. yeah. So now it's, they live! Yes! What else? Uh, and the doctor... Is Nicolas Cage in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, man! This is a good planet, man. We 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 made a few mistakes, man. <laughs> Have you seen Leaving Las Vegas? Oh my god! You know I had never seen that until recently. I cannot believe the man is insane. I saw a commercial on TV the other day. I think it was for, I think it was for satellite TV or something like that. But there's a guy who looks exactly like Nicolas Cage on there, and he's, he just acts like an idiot. All right, so how does it end? Well, does the Earth blow up? No, the uh, the Doctor has a stepson who I think is played by Will Smith's son, <sighs> and he uh, who was that? 
Will Smith. I don't know Will Smith's son. I don't know his name. He he's gonna be in the new Karate Kid remake. That Will Smith is doing. Will Smith. Yes. Is Will what, Smith. He's the Mr. Miyagi character. <laughs> oh. No. Will Smith says he's doing a Karate Kid mate remake just so his son can be in it no. as the Karate Kid. It's going to be horrible. Of course. Will Smith, everything he does is horrible. All right, so what's the ending? The helicopters are, like, shooting him down, and he's, like, hijacking him with his powers and everything. And then he tells them to leave. They, the, the, uh, the government captures the girl, but the Keanu Reeves character gets away, and the kid follows him, and the kid, no, Keanu Reeves calls the place where the doctor's being held, and convinces the people to let her go, and he he won't destroy the earth, and, I mean, not the earth, the humans, and so they send her over to him, and he ends up sending the message back to the alien race that telling him not to destroy the humans and he ends up dying <laughs> from what <laughs> boredom no <laughs> there's they had uh this when they sent the orb down there was also along with Keanu Reeves' character they sent this robot type thing <laughs> to, and now it's short circuit to defend him no hold on it's not a robot it's a robot <laughs> in case anything like happens to him, it activates and shoots everything, and uh, it like deteriorates into these little bugs, and they end, and that's like how it kills off races and species and stuff like that. And it ends up eating. It sounds like, like alien. It ends up eating <laughs> Keanu. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it eats everything in its way. Oh, Mike. All right, whatever. On a scale from one to ten, what would you give? Did you ask for a refund? <laughs> a five. It was it was okay. So average. Yes. All right. Any other movies coming up that look good? Uh, no. That, that you've seen recently that were good? Not really. I haven't seen any new movies lately, and I don't see myself going to the movies anytime soon. All right. Next. <laughs> yeah, so continuing on the movie review topic, uh, we're gonna have a new we're gonna have a new uh, uh, segment. I have to make a, a a like a theme song for it. I don't know what the name is gonna. I don't know if we're gonna call it the latent movie review or the uh, cable movie review. Uh, I don't know. Basically, the premise is these are movies that neither you or I would ever pay to see in the theater or pay to uh, we're not going to pay for it from uh on demand we're not going to buy a dvd we'll see it when it comes on like cable the premise is that we may not review these until a year year and a half until after they come out <laughs> that's the premise there was a couple couple that i've seen uh, one one good and one bad oh no um the good one was, uh, I saw this a few weeks ago, uh, The Bourne Ultimatum with uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. I, I saw, I've seen the first one, The Bourne uh, Identity, about nine million times. 
and I, I like the movie very good um the second one uh, the born supremacy eh, maybe i've seen it once eh, wasn't wasn't a big fan of it but anyway i saw this one on, on the cable there and i i liked it i thought it was very good you know it was very uh, uh tense and exciting and interesting you didn't know what was going to happen next and you know it was very very cool it, 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 in a sense it was it's what james bond movies should be more like but they're not james bond has become this like action movie thing and and the born ultimatum's kind of gone into the place of where that should be well wait you say james bond has become more action yes but what has what is born supremacy? Ultimatum. Ultimatum. Well, no, it's it's action. I'm not going to say that it's not an action movie, but uh, but is there, it more of a thriller? Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, it's a thriller, but it's also a very, very it's diabolical. You know, you don't you don't know what you're you're kind of uh, you're it's very exciting, it's intriguing. You don't know what's going to happen next. There's a lot of little spy gadgets, a lot of little. Uh, you know, tricks, you know, this guy is always tricking the other spies and 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 whatnot. Yeah. He's a real trickster, this guy. You know, he, he's a real he's a real spy. He's not like the, you know, I spy Bill Cosby. Or Johnny English. <laughs> God, English. <laughs> Actually, it reminds me, I saw Bean's Holiday the other day, the first yeah. time on cable. What the heck was that? I thought it was funny. It, the whole movie was like this Charlie Brown-ish kind of music playing, people <laughs> speaking French, and and Bean and I, I don't know. It it just it didn't seem it wasn't very funny at all. No, it was funny. <laughs> I don't think so. No, Mr. Bean takes all this vacation footage with his camcorder. Yeah, and Willem Dafoe is uh, this big shot independent movie guy and he's playing I'm an independent movie guy. <laughs> he's playing his movie That's at this right. uh, the Cannes Film Festival. Yes. And something happened with his son and the girlfriend and all this <laughs> stuff. So Mr. Bean ends up putting his movie on instead of Willem Dafoe's movie which is putting the audience to sleep. <laughs> and then everyone loves Mr. Bean's vacation footage and then Willem uh, Dafoe gets an award. Whatever. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Eh. The first Bean movie is definitely no, funny. No good. It's really? Very good. I didn't, I, I didn't find it very funny. The first Bean movie? No. No? Yeah. I, I, you know, I loved the series, but I really found the, the rest of the stuff funny. I thought the cartoon was appalling. I didn't even bother with that. <laughs> eh. Why would you have a Mr. Bean cartoon? They make a cartoon of everything. Uh, so yeah, so I, I guess we could say Born Ultimatum, very good. Bean Holiday, eh. And now for the bad. I saw this, and this was a movie that I had actually considered going to the theater and seeing last last year, but of course wasn't going to. The starring Will Smith. In a movie last year? Yes. What was it? I Am Legend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, have you seen this? No. Ugh, don't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I had a lot of high hopes for this thing, and you know, I just should have known <laughs> Will Smith involved. Well, which just from the trailer uh, and the commercial, this is my impression of it. And then 
tell me if I'm correct or if I'm wrong. My impression is everyone on Earth dies from some disease or something like that, and then Will Smith is left by himself. No, no. Everyone on Earth becomes a vampire-like zombie. Except for him. Yes. The, the original book was written by Richard Matheson, who's like a great science fiction writer back in the 50s. And it was first adapted into The Last Man on Earth, starring Vincent Price. I'm the last man on Earth. That's weird. Uh, yeah. Wait, um, when was the book written? In the 50s. Okay. Richard Mathis has inspired everyone, you know, from George Romero to Stephen King. <clears throat> he invent essentially the guy invented the zombie, um, you know, uh, genre. And in the book, essentially, the people become these like vampire-like zombies, um, but they still um, have a. They're still human for the most part. They communicate with each other. They can even, they talk, you know, normally. Um, oh. And this, and the guy, the, the main character, Dr. Neville, is uh, immune. And he tries to, he's trying to come up with a cure. And he keeps, like, either killing the, the zombie people or whatever. And they hate him. And they're, they're very scared of him because he keeps killing them. By accident? You know, no, no, on purpose, you know, whatever. And basically the, you know, kind of with the riddle and, and the whole catch of the book is by the end of the film, he he is so hated by these people. And these people, essentially, they capture him, even though he's saying, I can save you, I can save you. Essentially, they've become, you know, humanity. And this guy, this like crazy, murderous nut who who attacks and kills everybody who's not like him is, you know, the is the punchline, essentially. Well, he's the villain. Yeah. So it was Wait, adapted. If he can help them, why is he killing them? Well, because uh, you know he's hunting them down. He's he's ta he captured some of them, and so why doesn't he help them? <laughs> uh, he's trying to, but he essentially doesn't think that they're human anymore. He just looks at them as like crazy vampire. Well, actually, what happens is here's what happens. There's two things that happen. People become infected. People who are dead become zombies. People who are still alive become like vampires. Hmm. And the vampire people are still like, you know, intelligent, they can communicate, and the zombies are like mindless, you know, like monsters. And the, the vampire-like people are actually killing the zombie people. And essentially they're taking over the, you know, the earth essentially with their society. And this guy, you know, is, is becomes the bad guy. So are the vampire people harming the regular people, or are they just going about their normal lives? There are no regular people. All right. So it was adapted the first time Vincent Price. 1971, we've talked about this already, adapted the Omega Man, Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people, I love the movie, and essentially in that movie, it's, it's not really the same. The vampire people are not really zombies. They're just kind of like evil and but he he's like hunting them down, and in the end, you know, he finds like a a, a bunch of little kids who survive and gives them the cure. I don't, you know, stupid. But I didn't like when this I Am Legend was coming out. That was the name of the original book. Everybody was all these fanboys were like, oh, this is going to be true to the book. The Charlton Heston movie stinks. Has nothing to do with the book. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, the Charlton Heston disaster was 9,000 times closer to the book than this garbage that Will Smith had. Wait, how was the Vincent Price version? <laughs> well, it was essentially Vincent Price having like a psychotic breakdown throughout the entire movie with vampires chasing him. And what was that one called? The Last Man on Earth. Yeah. So why is it called I Am Legend? Because essentially, I don't know, I guess the guy become he becomes the legend. So why not I Am A Legend? I don't know. It's not important. It's not I'm dramatically to... correct. It, okay. So the Will Smith film has even, I can't believe it's even less to do with the book. <laughs> they're the 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 vampire people are not vampires they're like these mindless crazy psychos and they are all computer animated and they are horrible looking i could so it's not like a video game i could not believe how bad the computer animation was in this movie i i, I was like in shock did uvi ball direct this <laughs> no although he could have yeah i mean he could have and uh, it was just, it was just terrible. And Will Smith was terrible in it. And he, at some point in the movie, he tries to give the character some sense of, of character by saying, you know, by trying to, the promote, you know, the, the good, the, you know, the great, the, the you know, whatever, the greatness of Bob Marley. And, and Wait. he took, he took Bob Marley down with this film. He took him down with it. What does Bob Marley have to do with anything? I don't know. This is why the movie stinks. When you have nothing in the when you when your script is terrible, you start talking about things that have nothing to do with the movie. You know, I don't understand. Instead of turning a book into a movie three times, the same book, why don't they just pick out a different book? Oh, because the original book is a classic book, and it was never done properly on, on screen. Well, I guess and, it still hasn't been done I, properly. Well, I know. I, you know. A lot of people expected that this one would be, and it wasn't. It, it's just ridiculous. Will Smith is terrible, and, and <laughs> I just can't take it. And, you know, just speaking of just bad, I, you know, I, I don't know if this is a rumor or what, but I heard today that Eddie Murphy was in line to be the Riddler in the new Batman movie. What? What? <laughs> I think it was, I don't know, maybe it was a fake I don't know. That's terrible. They should get Jeff Garland. <laughs> As the Riddler? He's always saying what? <laughs> no! Larry David would be the Riddler, and Jeff Garland could be the Penguin. Uh, <laughs> no! What? No! The, You're the Penguin? Do you know who Batman is? Who is this Batman? Who is he? Eddie Murphy hasn't done anything good in about 20 years. <laughs> Well, he's supposedly doing another Beverly Hills Cop. Four? Yeah. Axel uh, Foley, is that his? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, also known as Johnny Wishbone. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, speaking of uh, uh, cameos, even though we weren't talking about cameos, uh, I don't know if you saw last Monday's episode of Chuck on NBC. Um, I didn't. Who was? Uh... I forget who was in that. There was a cameo appearance actually portraying the same character he played the Die Hard movies, Captain Al Powell, Reginald Vell Johnson. 
Oh, he was? Yes! Oh, I'm gonna have to watch... It's on the DVR. I'm gonna have to watch it. Eh, you better. No, I thought yeah. there was another, um... Another cameo, wasn't there? John Larroquette. Wow, Reginald Vell Johnson. Yes, good. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Reginald Vell Johnson, and he's playing Captain Al. Was he good? Uh, yeah, but he was only in, like, the beginning for, like, five minutes. Oh, and then at the end. I think he, he turned out to be, like, the brother or something, or father of of the Big Mike guy that's, like, the fat black guy that's the manager of the Buy More. <laughs> no, I thought one of the recent episodes, the blonde woman, Sarah... Yeah. I think her father was on one. Of, who, who played her father? Gary Cole. Gary Coleman? No, Gary Cole. Oh, the office space guy. Yeah, Lumberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's the Brady Bunch father. Of. The father in the Brady Bunch movies. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna need you to come in on Saturday. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the original Vell Johnson. Getting, getting the cameo. Before uh, Jaleel White. I don't know, maybe they'll do a spin-off and then have him and Jaleel White have their <laughs> own show. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I mean, they, I'm surprised that they, they made him Captain Al Powell and not uh, yeah, Carl Winslow. But, wait, but what does Die Hard have to do with Chuck? Because there was a hostage situation and... You know, he shows up as the cop on site, you know, kind of like in Die Hard... And then some FBI guy comes in there and takes over and screws everything up. And it's similar to Die Hard. Oh, so it was an homage to Die Hard. Yeah, sure. Okay, you're right. It is an homage. Thanks. It's an homage to a minor character in Die Hard. What else do you got? Um, I think, wasn't there a celebrity death? Yes, uh, Majel Barrett. Majel Barrett Roddenberry, the, uh, the uh, wife of Gene Roddenberry. She died today, uh, 76. What did she do? She was, uh, on the original Star Trek show, she was Nurse Chapel. And, uh, throughout most of the Star Trek series, she, she, she gave the voice of the computer. She was the voice of the computer. Now, she would say, warning, or uh, working. Major Barrett Roddenberry, very long time uh, member of the uh, Star Trek. So we received a Paunch Stevenson Show email. Wow, this is this is rare. From a fan. That's even rare. And <laughs> it's a music submission. Which from... we've always said that we will we will honor. You send us anything, we will play it. Yeah. So anything. As long as it is not Caribbean. <laughs> because Caribbean has never been a part of this band's repertoire. Why I'm quoting Blues Brothers 2000, I don't know. So the guy's name is David W. Jacobson. Okay. His website is davidwj.com. And he wrote to us, Hi, since we are approaching the holidays, I thought I'd submit an amusing Christmas song I wrote for you to consider playing on the Paunch Stevenson show. The song is named Christmas in Jersey City. 
and is in the spirit of the Kinks's song, Father Christmas. I put a copy of it up at the following URL, and I'd be happy to send a CD if you were interested. And then he just links to his website. So let's check it out. Uh. I'm glad I caught you at home. I know it's kind of late for me to call. But they say the holidays are a time for forgiving. And helping out your fellow man and all. Well, I know you've been saving for that after New Year's self. But tonight's Christmas Eve. Could you bail me out of jail? Merry Christmas to you. I'm sorry for all the things I've put you through. Well, I know. You're still angry about that woman But she never meant anything to me I'd just done a little bit too much drinking And they say Christmas is the time to be married Well, I'm still thinking About the words you said And I know you don't really want Shoot me in the head Merry Christmas to you I'm sorry for all the things I put you through Merry Christmas to you I'm sorry for all the things I put you Stumbled out into the night And out into the snow I stole your car and I drove off On the wrong side of a boulevard And I ran down that snowman With the car for his nose Mainly out of anger, I'll admit Now I know you don't think too much about me right now but I wish that you would show more Christmas cheer I really want to make you happy for the holidays But instead I crashed your car into the pier I want to leave you something really nice Underneath the Christmas tree But if you don't come and post my bail I'll be in a penitentiary Merry Christmas Now I know you can't hang up that phone on Christmas I know you're angry, I can hear it in your voice as you stammer But honey, after all the things we've been through I just know That you won't leave me sitting in the slammer So please come down to the station and bring four grand Next year I promise I will try to be A much better man Merry Christmas To you I'm sorry the happy moments Have been so few Merry Christmas To you I'm sorry 
Thank you to David W. Jacobson for submitting yes. that. Big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of his music. I just he he writes some of the best songs I've ever heard. Happy ah. Christmas to all and to all a good night. <laughs> 